faith. That's our topic today on Sincere Milk. Hello and welcome to Sincere Milk, a podcast brought to you by Grafted Saints. This podcast is dedicated to strengthening the biblical worldview of the Christian believer through the truth that's found in God's Word. We're glad that you joined us today, so let's get into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 5 of the Sincere Milk Podcast. I'm your host, Millie and Lewis, and today our topic is faith. Faith is one of the most used and sometimes misunderstood words in the Christian vocabulary. Faith and the concept of faith is often confused with blind hope. People may say things like, I don't know, but I'm going to step out on faith. Really what they're saying is that they have no idea if what they're doing is going to work and they're filled with doubt. So saying I'm in faith is the most spiritual thing they can say in hope that it will work for them. I know there are some who think that having faith is a guaranteed way to make their plans, dreams, and ambitions come true, as if somehow having faith is a way to manifest whatever they want to accomplish in life. Those who may have had some good fortune tell others that all you need is faith and it'll all work out. It seems as though people think that their faith can somehow activate God's favor and faith allows him to work in their life. By somehow mustering up enough faith, he'll move and open doors for on their behalf. Even when people look to the scriptures for thoughts of faith or examples of faith, the scripture is often misquoted and they'll rip it right out of its context and the meaning gets distorted, especially the verse that says we walk by faith, not by sight. People run all over the place with that verse and rarely get its true spiritual meaning. And we'll come back to that in a minute. There are also many people who say, They're operating faith who simply are not. They're more or less operating in wishful thinking. There are all kinds of pastors, evangelists, Bible teachers, and speakers who get people to give money. They get them to give lots of money, using faith or lack thereof as guilt, saying that giving is a test of their faith. They lead them to believe that the more they give, the more they show how great a faith they have. But in most cases, it's just a display of their greed. Some go as far as to tell those who are sick that their healing from God can only happen by giving money and that giving money shows God their faith as if they need to pay to be healed. There are those who take great pride in having lots of faith and will gladly tell you to get some more for yourself. I think that having faith is wonderful. It's a wonderful thing to have. It's necessary to have faith in order to be a believer, but it must be put into proper perspective. It's important that people don't use what they call faith as a sense of pride and feel superior to those whose faith may be a little less strong. Faith over fear has become one of the mantras of Christianity today. You hear it everywhere. It's in churches. It's in the streets. It's written on signs. You see people at different rallies holding up posters that say faith over fear. But I have to say that recently, the use of the phrase really shows how much people have a limited view, or maybe I should say they have a limited understanding of what faith really means. A lack of understanding of what true faith is was very apparent during the recent COVID outbreak, as all sorts of people were so focused on having faith over fear, they weren't able to see that wearing a mask was not just for their benefit, but for the benefit of their neighbor as well. So the Christian really had no choice but to wear a mask because as the Lord said, loving your neighbor as yourself 
is the second of the great commandments found in Matthew 22:39. That means that all who claim to be Christians should have worn a mask and been glad to do it. Many who didn't wear a mask and refused to do so repeated that same saying, faith over fear. The same thing occurred during the distribution of the vaccine. Some were sure that their faith in not taking the vaccine was more than those who wanted to take it. The truth is that they didn't realize that it is God who gives faith, and those who took the vaccine had just as much faith, if not more, in their Lord to keep them from harm, whether it was from the virus or the vaccine. Faith over fear is often said to prove that one way of showing you have faith is better than someone else's, or it allows some to boast that they have more faith than others, almost as to shame them to show their faith differently and consider them to have less. This almost bullying by the use of the phrase has shown just how far some are really from knowing what faith is. It should never be the position of a Christian to think that they have so much faith that it gives them the right to disobey God and what he has commanded in his word. Christians are not the only ones to say they have faith. There's a whole world of unbelievers who say they have faith also. In the few examples I just mentioned about how people claim to use faith, there are non-believers who operate in and say the same things. People who have earthly success and don't believe in the Lord say that their faith got them to where they are. And for sure, non-believers who didn't want a mask or take the shot said that they had faith. Some have faith in the universe and count on it to provide the things they need. So what's the difference in the faith of the unbelieving world and that of the Christian believer? It means, as always, there must be a difference between Christian worldview and the unsaved worldview, even when it comes to faith. Christians want a biblical view of what faith is. That way, we can operate properly in the faith that we have and not say things that don't line up with God's word concerning faith. And the only way for us to get that biblical perspective is to turn to the scripture. I think we have to ask the question, what is faith really all about and what does the scripture say faith truly is. I think we also need to know where faith comes from. That way we can be sure to give credit where credit is due so that we're not walking around puffed up in error. Hebrews 11.1 1 is a good place for us to start. This verse of scripture will help us to find what faith is so we'll have a good working definition of faith. When we look at Hebrews 11.1, 1, we can see the true nature of faith and this is what it says. And I'm reading out of the NASB. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. This verse is poetic in nature. The writer essentially says the same thing twice using different terminology. The one thing that is instantly clear is that faith is based on a solid foundation, not a mere hope or a wish that has no foundation. For the Christian, faith has its foundation in the revelation and promises of God. What he has said in his word, Romans 10:17 what he has done in the past by the reality of him turning the unseen into something that can be seen Hebrews 11:3 Faith in who God is moves into action and governs the behavior of all those who believe they are persuaded by divine persuasion that what God has said is reality even if they can't see it at the present time Faith is given by God it is not something that man can muster up on his own the disciples of Christ understood this, and that is why they asked him to increase their faith for strength to forgive in Luke 17, 5. God is given each man a measure of faith, Romans 12, 3. 
So there's no need to measure your faith or compare your level of faith with someone else's. If there is something God wants you or I to do, he will give us the faith to do it. The faith that he has already given is to accomplish what his will is and not our own. No one should have sense of pride about their faith as if it was something that they had within themselves. It is a gift of God. It is the gift of faith that enables us to be saved, Ephesians 2.8. There's a great number of people who think that they came to faith in the Lord by some level of faith that they had within themselves. But that's just not how faith works. It's always from God, and it's always to accomplish His will. Faith brings justification and peace with God through Lord Jesus, Romans 5.1. Faith gives the believer a way of overcoming this world. It makes the believer focus on what is eternal, not temporal. 1 John 5.4 Faith is what it takes to please God, Hebrews 11.6. And it's what gives the believer the ability to follow his commands, live a holy life, and look forward to a future glory. Having faith goes far beyond hoping that the Lord will do something to help some business venture happen, heal our bodies, get a better job, or to elevate us into some higher social status because we're not satisfied where we are. The faith that God has given is spiritual. It goes far past the things that we can touch and feel in this present world. It's supernatural. The faith that he gives brings hope for a future beyond this current world, and it is in this faith that we operate. And all the examples of faith given in the book of Hebrews 11 All of them anticipated a future glory and operated as if that future glory was their current reality. There is a tendency today, however, for some to look at faith as only a means to get through the here and now. Abraham is a great example of someone who had faith. And because of his faith, all who have faith in Lord Jesus are his descendants. Abraham's faith showed that he believed God, not just believed in God, but believed him. And that belief in what God has said motivated his actions. He was told something and he moved accordingly. He didn't just up and run off from everything that he knew, hoping that God would come along and make it all work out. He had a word from the Lord concerning all that would be given him and his descendants. He moved in faith, knowing God would fulfill his promise. Faith is always based on assurance of what God has said in advance of making a move. Moving on your own and hoping God will come along with you is not faith. That's wishing. Those who want to move in faith need to know what God has said. In his word is his will. Whether he calls you for some special purpose or you are simply living the life of a Christian believer, his will for all his children is found in his word. If you want to walk in faith, find his will in his word, the Bible. It's everywhere. Now, if you want to know more about or read more about Abraham's story, it starts in Genesis chapter 11. Okay, I want to get back to the verse I talked about earlier as being one of the most misquoted and misunderstood in Christian community. We walk by faith, not by sight. Second Corinthians 5, 7 is the verse that we're talking about. So let's dive into it and get the full meaning in its context to see if we are understanding and getting the full benefit from its meaning. First, I want to encourage you to always get the context of any verse before coming to a conclusion on its meaning so you can correctly apply it to your life. People are often misled by pulling a verse of scripture out of context and creating a doctrine that is in error. Okay, now with that being said, 
If we look at what Paul is saying at the end of the previous chapter, 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 4, we find him speaking of the deterioration of his mortal body and the affliction he has gone through as he's preached the gospel. He's looking past what is temporary in this earthly life, and he's focused on what is eternal. Coming into chapter 5, he is continuing in the same thought, and he says he is confident and he knows not guesses or hopes, but he knows that if he were to die, he has a body that is better, a body that is built for heaven waiting for him. He's expressing that he is looking forward to being in that new body. And as long as he is here in this earthly body, he is not in the fullness of the presence of the Lord. Here we find the true meaning of verse seven. His walk in faith points further than his present circumstance and a future glory in a new body in the full presence of the Lord. His walking by faith in this life is about the promise of eternal life. He is not focused on what is in sight in his current view of the world, but his faith is in what has been told to him by the Lord and what has been confirmed by the Spirit, that when this life is over, he has eternal life. And though he cannot physically see the Lord, he is confident that he will be with him in eternity, a solid foundation by which he operates in the things that God has given him to do. He's confident and has no doubt about his eternity. The focus of his faith is always on the Lord, the Lord's promises and doing the Lord's will. Just like Paul, the faith God gives us is about him accomplishing through us the things that he desires to be done. Our focus should be toward the coming kingdom trusting in him regardless of our circumstances and how things may look now, we always want to be do what is pleasing in his sight, looking forward and knowing that one day we too will be with the Lord. That's how we walk by faith, not by sight. Having faith does not mean that if you have an idea and want to accomplish something, even though you have doubts, you make plans to do it and all you have to do is believe and God will make it happen for you. That's just blind hope and trusting in your own abilities. Even if you believe deeply inside that it could happen for you, that doesn't mean that it will. Don't mistake your own will for his and call it faith. When God wants something done according to his will, he gives the faith to do it. Assurance from his word, and there is no doubt, and there is no blind hope. My goal here with the Sincere Milk Podcast is to bring believers a worldview that is Christ-centered based on what is written in God's Word so that those who are in Christ can have a proper perspective on life and how to operate in this life. I want you to take a look at the faith that you say you have. Make sure that it is centered in Lord Jesus. Faith for the believers means they are looking to Him, trusting in His promises, keeping their eyes on what is eternal and functioning in a way that reflects their trust in him. I hope this describes your faith and that you continue to keep your faith in him, looking forward to the future glory that he has promised to all that love him. Well, that's it for now. Remember, reading God's word nourishes the soul. If you would like to, please subscribe. Until next time. Thanks for listening.